Amen. Good morning once again. If you have your Bibles, you can open up in Joshua chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. And it is a privilege just to uh, be behind uh, pastor's, uh, pastor's pulpit, pastor's, uh, just that he will trust us to bring the gospel to God. And uh, I do want to preach this morning about a time where the kingdom of God or the people of God were going into the promised land, but they were faced once again with a Red Sea moment. Now, before we start reading this scripture, I do want to give you an illustration about how there are so many or there's few people that really get to get the Medal of Honor. Those that put on a uniform for the United States Army, there are a few that really get to get a Medal of Honor. Since WW2 or World War II into action in Somalia, only 839 people have get the Medal of Honor. Out of those 839 people, only 513, uh, only, uh, well, 513 people die getting this Medal of Honor. 800, 500 die, more than half. A few of them got this or received this Medal of Honor, a recognition. A Medal of Honor that they were brave enough to get a victory for their nation. I mean, no, in life, there are medals, there are trophies, especially in sports, competitions. You can say uh, the Seahawks in 2013, they defeated the Niners and then defeated the, Bron uh, the Broncos and won the Super Bowl. Amen? They won the victory. They have a trophy. And they can look into this trophy and say, we did it. 11, 53 men, 12 uh, men, uh, 22 men. In sports, soccer, 22 men go to uh, four years, every four years to a competition. They train hard to uh, the end of the month, be to be, uh, get to be in the finals and get the trophy because they won the first place. Trophies, medals are ways to remember, commemorate the victories in life or competitions. Now our scripture, uh, scriptures mentions that God wanted his people to be in the promised land. But before they can get to the promised land, to Jericho, his people must get 12 stones and use them as a memorial. In other words, they will get 12 stones just to remember what God did for them. And we're going to go more in deep, but which people were them or why God will use these 12 stones. But in life, God will give you victories and ways to remember what he has done for you. Why? Because eventually he's going to take you to the promised land. That's just a, a remembrance of that God's hand was in your life and still in your life. So let's read our scripture in verse 6 all the way to verse 7. That this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you should tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut out before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. 
So the stone shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. And today I want to preach in a sermon that I titled Memorial Forever. Let's pray before we begin. God, I come before you, God. I ask you, God, I trust in your word, God. I trust in your Holy Spirit, God, that you will bring, God, memorials into our life, God. Remember, God, that we might remember the things that you have done for us, God. Help us, God. Get strength, God, through those victories, God. To remember, God, and still let you, God, be the one driving our life, bringing victories into us, God. Let the Spirit, God, of God, be cast away by your Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, and the whole church says, Amen, amen and amen. Let's speak about the negativity bias. There's times in life that we are used to remember or we tend to remember the negative events in our life. Uh, if I can, if I ask right now, how many remember the first time that you were rejected by the guy that you like or the girl that you like? You probably remember the date and the name. You still remember it, right? You still remember when they say no to you. When they say, no, no, you're not my type. Because we tend to remember the negativity of our life. Maybe somebody was bullying you and you remember that. You remember how he looked, the words that he said, the way that he said it. How he was looking at you because the negative negativity events in our life or the memory, uh, ne negative memories that we have, those are the ones that we hold on to. We tend to have this negativity bias. It means a tendency to give more importance to neg negative experiences than the positive or neutral experiences. This is called negativity bias. And that's as people, as humans, we tend to remember. I still remember when uh, I went, uh, I was in need, went to apply to a job, and I was fired two hours later because I didn't have a work permit. And I still remember that because it was something uh, that impacted my life. It was something that it, uh, hindered me to get or to get provision for my house. But how I many know that God's hand, when he's upon our life, he will tend to remember that into our lives. But because we are humans, the first thing that we remember when issues come into our life are the negative events that remind us of the issue that we are in the present. You can say uh, the times that you suffer, perhaps you grew up in a family where there was poverty. You remember the times that you were eating one egg for five people. You remember the things that you were eating beans and rice for a whole month. You remember when there was just uh, maruchans in your house. We tend to remember that. We tend to remember the negative events, the failures in school, the failures of our jobs, the failures in our marriage. You remember those relationships where you fail or, or both of you fail. Why? Because that's the first thing that comes to our mind. There's people that don't want to get married because they fell in life in a marriage. They say, that's not for me. A lot of people will tell me that in Brunswick. That's not for me. Marriage is not for me. I just want to live in a free union. I just want to be uh, with them because if I get married, problems will arise and then we'll have to be separated again. And the reason is, is because they probably went through the same situation before. So those negative events hinder them from happiness and from God, uh, what God has for them. I still remember in 2004, 
I was around 15 years old. Uh, me and my family, we went for uh, shopping on Christmas Eve. And when we came back to our house, the first thing that we saw is the door broken. People, the neighbors uh, from downstairs broke into our house, uh, trash our place out, take our, our, our uh, expensive or the things that we have, the little that we have. Everything was destroyed, trashed down. And now when Christmas comes, I still remember and I'm always in the lookout. Hey, close the door, right? Because uh, we never know. Hey, uh, watch out who's outside because they're probably just waiting for us to, to leave and come in. Why? Because our memory works like that. We remember the negativity, negative events in our lives. Now, we have the people of God in this scripture. They're facing the Red Sea, the Jordan River again. Remember, 40 years ago, their parents came out of Egypt into freedom, and they were at the edge of the sea again, the Red Sea. And what did God do? He parted the water, he parted the sea, so they can go through and be free. Now their kids, their uh, the next generation was go, uh, was leading uh, or being guided by Joshua into the promised land. And then again, another Red Sea moment. Again, at the edge of the sea, waiting, looking at the sea. All the stories that their parents probably told them. Oh, I remember when I came out of Egypt. I remember when Moses was leading us. I remember when we were just waiting, fearfully waiting for the uh, army of Egypt to come and kill us. Those stories came to their mind. Those stories came into their heart. The fear. Now they were facing another Red Sea moment in their life. When we, uh, you and I, go through events, when we are faced with struggle, the first thing that we remember is, oh no, here we come again. I'm going through the same situation. I'm going through the same issues again. Oh no, my marriage is in trouble again. I'm going to face divorce. I'm going to fail again because of past memories. Pastor Sanchez on Wednesday was preaching how he remembered in the same place, in different dates, the same issue. But because of the grace of God, he was able to get the victory. The people of God were at the Red Sea, no way to go, just expecting either to die there or to trust God. And those are merely our choices in life. Either we trust God or we give up. And die right there. Either we trust God or let fear control our life and don't advance in your life and in the kingdom of God. You, we are going to have a Red Sea moment in our lives. We are going to have time after time struggles, trials that we must face and we have two choices. Either give up or let God be God. And let God give us the answer and provide for us. And we see that God again provided for his people a way. And he said, there's going to be 12 stones that when you pass by, the priest will stand firmly in that ground. You get those 12 stones. One man of each tribe. Do you remember there's 12 tribes in the kingdom of God and, and God's people. One man of each tribe should get a stone and carry it with you. Where you're going to stay, that's where you're going to lay that stone. What God was saying, I'm going to provide for you. 
And it's not going to be a, a be, the, the priest is not going to be shaken. He's going to stand firm. And where he stands firm, get the stone. Because I'm going to show you that I move for you as I move for your fathers. When you go through these events in life that remembers or reminds you of those negative events in your life, what you have to do is remember that God provided for you. And that's exactly what he's doing for his people. He's giving them 12 stones. He's commanding them, get those stones. Use them because this is going to be a memorial for you that I have helped you again. And we see that Joshua told the 12 men of each tribe, collect the stones and carry them with you. Joshua 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 2 to 3. Take 12 men from the people from each tribe, Command them, saying, take 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over you and lay them in the place where you lodge tonight. God created a memory to signify in those 12 stones a memory of victory, a memory that God's hand was moving upon their life. How many of us have gone through trials where God, Without that, help you. Where God, without doubt, provided you. Perhaps you were waiting for a miracle and God created a miracle. Those are the memorials that God is trying to create in your life. Not just for us to boast of what we have, but what God has done in your lives. In your life, in my life. Because God is creating these memories so that we can stand in firm ground and claim the victory. God dried up the river. That is a miracle in itself. I never see, I never been to a river and the water just departed. That's never had happened. But God did it twice. When they were going out of Egypt and then when they were getting to Jericho. Twice. There's no science, there's no uh, Bill Gates, there's nothing that can explain that. Explain that to me, like Pastor says. There's no way. There's no how. You cannot tell me, oh, well, it's because uh, the niño came in, in the season and, and then it was dried up and it dried up. No, there's no way. God did it twice. God departed the sea two times for his people at the right moment, at the right time, and give them victory. God is moving for you and I time after time when you trust him. When you really rely on him, he will provide in your finances. He will move in your marriage. He will move in your kids. He will move in your sickness. And he's doing it time after time with divine intervention. So you, we, you and I can rely on that in that victory and take it as a memorial. In other words, when struggles come into your life, don't remember the bad experiences or the here we go again. Let me buckle my, 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 my seatbelt because things are going to go south. That's what we do when uh, events in church are going the wrong way, the way that we don't expect or our finances are breaking down again. We remember, oh, here we go. We're going to go back to farewell. We're going to have to rely on food stamps. We're going to have to go to unemployment. But the last thing that we remember is that God can provide for us. And this is what God is telling his people. 
I'm giving you a physical thing so you can remember that my hand is upon your life. I'm healing you so that you can remember who did it. So you can remember that I am God, the great I am, and I will provide for you time after time. He is the provider. He is the one who creates miracles out of nowhere. He's the one that can depart the water in the same sea in different seasons, 40 years later. Now, what are your physical or what are the things that can help you to remember God's victory? Sometimes it can be a sermon. I remember uh, years ago, I was uh, in church, but I wasn't really safe or my faith was shaking. I remember that I was giving up on my calling. I remember that I was in church, but I wasn't really there. My heart was not in there. For years, I stopped going to men's discipleships. Why? Because I was too busy with my own life. I was too busy creating a name for myself instead of worshiping God, instead of serving God, instead of tithing and offering. I was giving myself into the desires of my own flesh, seeking my own desires. And I remember I was so tired of just not getting nowhere. How many know that when you don't have God in your heart, when you don't serve God, you are not going anywhere. You're just going in circles. Have you been uh, to a trail where, where uh, in the gym where you're just running? You're really not going anywhere. There's distances where you're not going anywhere. That's how I was. I was just chasing my own tail like a dog. Not going anywhere, thinking that my way was the best way. Until I just realized, God, I can't do it no more. I need you. I decided to go into a, a men's discipleship with Pastor Ruby. And he was preaching about how the best ability that men can have or women can have is being available. That's the best ability that you can have for the kingdom of God. To be available to him, to the Lord, to God. And that's where God convicted me. And I still remember that sermon. God and everything that, that when, when I start facing trials, the first thing that I remember God. I know that you are going to use me. I know that you are going to provide. But I know that I got to be available to you. I'm saying available to God, not available to a, a, a church, not available to, to a, a man, available to God. And God can use you and God can direct you through men and through church. Now you got to have that relationship with God so you can recognize his voice when he is speaking. And that's the things that I started doing. God, help me. Teach me. I repent, God, for being lazy. God, I repent for giving myself into these situations. And God, help me. And that became in my life a memorial that God was moving in my life and that God was going to still help me. Perhaps for you can be a son. How many, you've been into a struggle, a trial that nobody knows, that nobody uh, has seen in your life. You're privately going through this, but then there comes uh, a song in a radio and gives you strength, reminds you of the grace and mercy of God. We all have songs like that. We're going through struggles and we just listen to music and it reminds us of the grace and mercy of God. 
There's time after time that I just play worship music and specific songs because they were I I was listening to them in specific events, in specific trials, in specific struggles, and that helped me to continue to serve God. Specific songs, worshiping God, reminding you of God's grace and mercy. For years or years ago, I read a book that a brother gave me, and it was called Nevertheless. The, the topic of this book is basically saying that no matter what you go through, you got to remember this word. Nevertheless, God is in control. Nevertheless, God is going to come in your behalf and provide. Nevertheless, you are going to praise God. Nevertheless, the devil cannot defeat you because God is with you. That's the one book that I read, and it stuck to my head, and it stuck to my heart. God, no matter what I go through, no matter what I face in life, nevertheless, you are going to be in the throne of my heart. Nevertheless, I will worship you. A time came where my, uh, my kid, when uh, we were having our kid, me and my wife, or my wife was having it, uh, she was pregnant. In the first three months, we had to be every day in the emergency room. The doctor said she's going to have a miscarriage, and there's nothing that we can do. I remember the painful uh, thoughts that came to my life. God, I'm serving you. And I remember, nevertheless, this is painful, God, but nevertheless, you are in the throne of my heart. God, nevertheless, you have a plan for me, my wife, and my kid. Nevertheless, I still worship you. Nine months passed by, and he is still here. He's still running around. He's still causing trouble. Because of God's grace. But I can tell you that that word, that simple word, nevertheless, has been a memorial in my life. That no matter what I go through, no matter what trial I go through, I remember that word. That once God gave me victory, because uh, that's a word that reminds me of God's victory, God's moving hand upon my life. And those are the simple things that we can get in life. Perhaps it's a passage, a scripture that you can read and hold on to that scripture. Because eventually God will give you victory and you're going to remember that scripture. God, I remember the scripture because you moved years ago for me. God, I remember this song because you gave me victory years ago. You move in my life. You move in my, uh, my mom, my dad. You move in my wife. I remember this song. We got to have some type of memorials that reminds us of God's victory, of God's moving hand. When struggle and suffering and doubt and when our faith was weak, we got to have this type of memorials to remind us that God did it before. And when struggle comes, we got to remember that he can do it again. That's where God wants to uh, keep us in our heart a remembrance that he is for us and he will be for us and he will continue to be for us. The Bible says in chapter 4 verse 20, And those two stones which they took out out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilhal. And that's the place where they were staying. God commanded them, get those stones and bring them to where you stay. In other words, wherever you go. Take that victory. Wherever you live, put that as a foundation that I'm going to move in your behalf. 
That's what God is saying to you and I. There's victories that you have faced, that, you, that God has given you. And God wants you to use those victories to be a foundation upon your life. That God is going to move in your behalf. That no matter what type of sickness you're facing, God will come forward for you. God will give you the victory. He will heal you. That no matter your financial situation, God will provide a specific job, specific payment if you trust in him. That if you're going through marriage problems, that God can uh, just convert the heart of you and your wife and make it a marriage. Especially when you let Jesus be the one in the middle, your wife, and becomes a triangle. It is a three-way relationship. You, your wife, and God. When you do that, God will bring your marriage together. When you do that, God will create a memorial in your life, and you are going to look back and say, God, you did this. God, you gave me this victory. God, now you gave me a memorial to remember that you can still move in every situation. God, now I'm not going to doubt because you did it once again. The people of God, the next generation, were in the Red Sea 40 years later. They grew up with the stories. God gave us victory. God moved in our behalf. God gave us manna. God gave us water out of a rock. It wasn't alcohol in the rocks. It was water out of the rock. By God's miracle power, manna out of the heaven. I never seen hamburgers came down from heaven. But they did. They see bread come out of, uh, out of heaven. Down from heaven. It probably was some concha, some sweet bread, right? It probably tasted good because God provided for them. Those kids that were running around when they come they were coming out of Egypt, now they were being facing the Red Sea again. And probably some of them had the fear. Probably some of them remember the stories. Probably some some of them remember. The fear that they had when they were kids, now that they were adults, they probably were saying, not again. We're going to die again. We're going to eat bread again. We're going to have to depend on God. But can I tell you what God was really saying? I'm going to open the sea. You're going to get 12 stones, and you're going to bring them because I'm going to show you that I am God, and I can still do the same things that I did for you and for your fathers. In other words, God is promising them that if they can trust in him, just the same way that he moved 40 years later, he can still do it today. Just as he touched your life 10 years ago, 5 years ago, a couple of months ago, he can still touch your life for your, uh, your life and your kids' life. That's a promise that God gives to everybody. And that is a statement that God made. I'm going to bring these 12 stones because I'm going to show you and the people that see you that I have moved in your behalf. Chapter 3, verse 10 says, Joshua said, here's how you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will uh, without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Havites, the Perizzites, the Eurasites, the Amorites, and everything that ends up in Acts. He's going to remove it because he is the Lord. Amen. 
Before that, they needed to get the 12 stones. To get to the victory, to get to the uh, promised land, they needed to take for themselves 12 physical stones to remember that God moved in their behalf. In other words, I'm going to give you victory. In other words, I'm going to provide for you. And people will know that I provide for you because of past victories and because you are going to remember what I did for your fathers and because this is going to serve like a physical memorial so that you remember that my hand is being on your life, still be in your life, and continue to be in your life and your kids' life for generation to generation to generation. That's God's promise, that he's going to give you victory. And is that going to come cheap? No, but he's going to move. He's saying, you are going to face armies of different nations, but I, the Lord, will remove them out of your sight. And you will know that God is with you because I will remove them out of your promised land. It's the same promise for you and I. There's victories for you and I. There's more to come from God. But you got to remember what he has done in your life, what he has done in somebody else's life, and that he can still do it today. 2013, uh, not 2013, 2023, he can still do it. When the economy is going down, he can still provide for you. When Biden is going nuts, he can still provide for you. When everything is going south, we can still go up north with God. We can still serve God. Because he is going to move in your behalf and my behalf, in his people. You will know that he's been in your life because he's going to remove among you those things that stop you or that hinder you from seeing God's kingdom and God's blessing upon your life. He's going to give you a memorial. God's powerful hand will be in your life if you trust him and you remember what he has done for you. And you continue to seek God's hand on your life. There's nothing, there's no one, there's anything in this world bigger than God. No sickness, no war, no problem, no anxiety, depression, death. Perhaps you will off believing that you will never be uh, set free out of addiction, out of anxiety, out of depression, out of those uh, suicidal thoughts. But God says... I moved for so-and-so, I can still do it for you. I did it 10 years ago, I can still do it today. He did it 40 years ago, he can still do it today. He saved his, king, his people free when they came out of Egypt. He still did it when they were going to Jericho. He can still do it today for you and I. Whatever the case be, whatever the situation be, there's a reason to remember God's moving hand upon your life because he's trying to take you, you and I, into the promised land. Now, this is another statement that God made on verse 24. So that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. That you may fear your Lord God forever. He's saying other people will know that I move for you. And if you remember that, if you let God move in your behalf, if you contend for his moving hand upon your life, other people will see that and will want to have that as well. Because God is the only one that can set you free and I 
that can take you to the promised land, but only if we keep those uh, memories in upon, upon our life and in, on our, in our heart to continue to see God's hand moving in our behalf. With that said, I want every head bow, every eye closed. Just bringing a simple message of remember what God has done in your life. Perhaps it's the first time that you hear about God and about Jesus Christ. Perhaps it's the first time that you heard that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and I, for our sins, in our place, so we can have eternal life. The reality is that there's something that separates you and I from God. And that something is sin. We all are sinners. We all were born out of sin. We all are in need of a Savior or someone to help us to be set free. And today, I want to give an invitation. Perhaps you are here today. You are struggling with addiction, with sin. You had never accepted Christ into your heart. This is an opportunity that God had orchestrated. It's not a chance, it's not a happenstance that you are here. It's not by pure luck. You are here because God orchestrated a way and a moment so that he can face your heart and your life with the reality that there's one thing that separates you and I from him, and that is sin. The Bible says that Jesus died for our sins so that anyone who believes in him will have eternal life. It's just a simple statement of repentance. If you could just say, God, forgive me for I'm a sinner. I accept you into my heart. The Bible says that if you believe that, you will have eternal life. You are here today. You haven't accepted Christ. You haven't uh, repented of your sins. And you would like to do that with a recent hand, signifying that. Can you say, that is me? I'm not living for God. I'm not right with God. I haven't accepted Christ into my life. I would like to do that. It's just a simple prayer. We're not putting you on the spot. We're not putting you on the microphone. We just want to pray for you. God is dealing with your heart right now. You never accepted Christ into your heart. The Bible says that the only way is through Jesus Christ. Nobody comes to the Father, but through the Son, Jesus Christ. There's no other way. The day of salvation is today. Don't wait for tomorrow. Nobody has tomorrow guaranteed. Nobody has tomorrow promise. You cannot tell me I will be back next month because you and I, we don't know we're going to be here tomorrow. Don't take that chance. Don't let that, this opportunity go away. God is dealing with your heart. God is dealing with your life. You haven't accepted Christ. You haven't received Christ into your life. You would like to do that today in this morning. What I reason him. Can you say that's me? Preacher, that is me. I don't have Christ. God is dealing with my heart. I do want to speak. Perhaps you were serving God. Perhaps you were on fire at one point. Perhaps you are here physically where your heart is not in here. The Bible says that God is married to the one that went away. The Bible says that he will leave 99 sheep to go and get the one that is lost. Perhaps you might be in the same situation as a prodigal son. 
things got you away from the kingdom of God, from a relationship from God. Perhaps you were looking for happiness in different places and it just led you to be empty and broken again. God is waiting with wide open arms just to receive you again. He's waiting for you to say, God, please receive me back. He's waiting to just uh, for you to come back to the Father's house. That is you with a recent hand. Can you say, that's me. I want to come back to the Father's house. I see that hand. Anyone is an honest heart. God is looking for honest hearts. He's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for honest hearts. Honesty is the one thing that will bring you time after time with God. That is you with a recent hand. There's things in your heart. There's things in your life that are not right. It's time to give it up to God. It's time to stop resisting, fighting God's will in your life. With a recent hand, can you say that's me? That is me, preacher. I want to talk to Christians. Perhaps God has given you victories. Perhaps God has delivered you of things in your life, areas in your life. But little by little or time after time, you have forgotten about what God has done in your life. It's easy to forget what God has done in your life. And perhaps because of that, you forgot what God has done in your life. You have let fear, you have let doubt come into your mind, into your heart, and now your faith is going weak. It's time to remember what God has done in you. It's time to remember, and through that remembrance, God will strengthen you. I want to open the altars, and that is you. You want to come into the altar, talk to God, make business with God. God will strengthen you.